0: All right, if you're glad you came to church this morning, say amen. amen. If your neighbor did not say amen, pinch them. Yeah, this is going to go over well. Y'all going to love me. Uh, I'm so thrilled to be here this morning. I'm just, I'm just absolutely thrilled. Uh, let me tell you why. Because I'm part of a family. For years, I wasn't part of a family. One of the most saddest things I've ever seen is for a pastor to pastor a factory of God instead of a family of God, to have an orphan heart and to try to perform and do everything he can to try to please everybody but always feel like he's failing somebody, And all the jealousy and competition. Then you get to pastor's gatherings. And Donald and I have talked about this. You get to different gatherings where different pastors get get in the room. And that's the most miserable thing I've seen sometimes. Because there's so much jealousy and competition. But I'm so thankful for a man named Rick Clendenin that my Heavenly Father sent into my life to change me, to love me. And I was tore up from the floor, messed up, and all that kind of stuff. Had so many issues, and he would love me. Uh, and, and just change, Sarah and I's life. Sarah, uh, which, by the way, um, Sarah's not only the, the good-looking one in, in the relationship, she's the one that has the brain. She's the one that thinks before she speaks. That's what I tell the people in our church. When she preaches and stuff, they don't want me for a few weeks. They want her to, to keep sharing and, and talking. Uh, but this morning, y'all going to have to put up with me. Uh, but just to make her feel uh, at home, why don't you say, hey, Sarah. Hey, Sarah. Uh, yeah, she's, she's awesome. And, and when Rick came into our lives, he just changed everything. Because that's what a father will do. Yeah. And healed stuff I didn't know I needed healed. And so I'm so thankful for, for Rick. And then I'm so thankful for being connected into a family and coming to, to, to grow in a relationship with Donald. And the rest of the leaders and people that are connected to Rick Clendenin and... And to a spiritual family that, that and, and this past weekend, all the pastors and leaders and people who were here, uh, it's just awesome because there's no jealousy, there's no competition, there's no, there's no, what, there's no pressure. I feel zero pressure. Yeah. Now that might be a good thing or a bad thing, yeah. you know? Uh, I'll let you all decide here in a little bit. But it's just going to be fun to be with family. And so we come all the way from West Kentucky, love coming to East Kentucky, and I'm telling you right now, you have family in West Kentucky. Y'all might not have met them yet, and they are crazy, <laughs> but I heard some stuff about y'all too. <laughs> and the reality is, what we believe and what we celebrate is not just us walking in a greater relationship, but you guys getting to meet your, uh, your spiritual family outside of Manchester. And that we start connecting. And that's the heart of CTMF, that you won't have to meet your spiritual brothers and sisters at your spiritual father's funeral. Right. Yeah. You'll get to do ministry with one another, encourage one another, and get to, to grow you know, in, in one another. So it's a joy to be here. And we're going to jump in the Word. If you have your Bible, open up to 2 Timothy. Uh, if you have your Bible, open up to 2 Timothy. And uh, the reality is, before we get started, before we jump in the Word, I just want to communicate something because I don't know if you have a security team here or whatever. But you, I just want to, you know, because we can have fun if we're in family, but we got to make sure we're secure, right? It's, it's good to be safe. And I'm just a little nervous about something. I don't know how y'all security team does, but there's a black truck parked back over here on the side of the building. Looks like a drug dealer truck. <laughs> I don't know if anybody's watching that side of the building. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and uh, well, we just might want somebody to watch that and stuff, you know just just in case (laughs) and and here's the deal i was praying about this and i know i just look y'all probably never never gonna have me back here (laughs) but but i i love donald i love his gifting his anointing and everything about him and that's why i had the i feel the freedom to to have fun with him and stuff and i love city of hope we pulled in and saw manchester and saw the sign city of hope that just i mean something happened when we saw that sign and then pulling into the church and hoping, and, and you know, I've not always been a pastor and I realized Donald hadn't always been a pastor. You know, we you know, Jesus had to save us from some stuff. How many of y'all Jesus had to save y'all from some stuff? Yeah. So we ain't always been a pastor and stuff. And sometimes I, I tell that to some people, look, you better watch it. You know, I'd always, you know, I can rumble if I need to, uh, with the teenager and, uh, <laughs> But here's the thing. It's so cool to see a hope dealer or a dope dealer turn hope dealer. That's, mm-hmm. right. That's, right. That's what it is. And so uh, from now on, you, he still drives a car like a dope dealer, but he's a hope dealer. I can see, I can see Donald pulling up like to, to, to the hood somewhere and pulling up and just rolling down the window and being like, hey, come here. Be like, me? Yeah. He's looking around and stuff. <laughs> little Jesus culture bumping in the car real. <laughs> and the people people come walking up, even kids. I can see him doing it with kids, kids. Hey, I got something for you. I got something for you. And they grow- come up to the window. He says, "Romans 6:23 says." And he starts giving them the word of God. <laughs> starts peddling the word of God, pushing the word of God, pushing hope out in the community. Brings a whole new message to to street. That's good stuff. Uh, I, I don't know if y'all's churches like our church. It probably is because we're all family. But we, we see all kinds of people saved. Yeah. We see pharmacists being saved and street pharmacists being saved. Right. Right. Doctors and lawyers and people that are homeless coming into the house of God. And I love the mixture. I love the mixture. Uh, so before we jump into the word, do me a favor. Give knuckles. See, knuckles is it. Give knuckles to somebody next to you and say, I'm so glad you came. I want to talk to you this morning about grace to win. Grace to win. We're going to jump into scripture in just a second. Grace to win. Everybody say grace to win. Grace. You know, as a Christian, it's impossible for you to live an undefeated life. Or a defeated life, not an undefeated, a defeated life. That you should not live a defeated life. You should be living the undefeated life. Because we have the undefeated champion of Israel living inside of us. That we should live in victory every single day. That doesn't mean everything's great. That doesn't mean everything's perfect. That doesn't mean everything's wonderful. But I believe the Lord brought me here this morning to to remind you of the victory that Christ gave you in his grace. Just in case you've misunderstood grace. And just because if you feel like you're losing, anytime you feel like you're losing, the thing you need to remember is he's given you a grace to win. Anytime you feel like you're getting beat, you're getting defeated, getting whatever, you need to remember you have the grace to win. Anytime you're th- sitting there thinking, where's my victory? I don't, I don't know if I brought my victory with me to work this morning. I don't know if I have victory with me. Anytime you feel like you're losing and you're without victory, you need to remember that that day he's already given you the grace to win. He's given it to you. So if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you are not without the thing you need. You have the thing you need. So tell somebody, say, you got, you got it. Tell them, you got it. You got what you need. You have what you need. I'm going to tell you, my English is not perfect. You know, third grade was the best two years of my life. But we just, we just, we just rock and roll like we know what we're doing. But he's given you the grace of to win and I just want to share that with you this morning. So looking in in 2 Timothy uh, 2 verse 1. 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 1. He says, "You therefore, you therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus." Now that scripture, man, I'm telling you, is such a powerful scripture. He says, you therefore my son. So what I want you to understand is sonship. That's what I love about Rick Clendenin and a heavenly father who gives me spiritual fathers and a family that we can be connected to because sonship and adoption, adoption into sonship is so powerful because the grace of God is intended for the family of God. Grace is part of your inheritance in the Lord. And so he he starts off by saying, you're my son. Because grace is never something earned by your performance. Grace is not something that's given to you after a job that's well done. Grace is a gift, not a reward. So grace is God gifting you and empowering you and giving you a strength that you did not work for. Why? Because he adopted you as his son or as his daughter. And so he's talking to the family. Grace, the message of grace is for the family. The message of mercy is for the world. See, mercy is not grace. Mercy is I don't get what I do deserve. But grace is I do get what I don't deserve. And so as the family of God, we need, to, we need to be strong in the grace of God. And sometimes God will allow circumstances in your life. He'll allow the enemy to step up in the ring with you and go a few rounds. Not because you've done something wrong or not because whatever. A lot of times he's not trying to teach you a lesson by the struggle or battle that you're going through. What God is trying to do many times is trying to teach the devil a lesson through your life. That you ain't going to go out like that. You're going to be undefeated. No matter how many battles, how many rounds, how many enemies you face, how many trials you face, that Christ is in you and Christ being in you, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ being in you, that with him being in you, look, look, the grace of God, the grace of God is not some cute little fluffy cat. The grace of God is the ferocious lion of the tribe of Judah. A lot of people take grace and make it all fluffy and cute. Grace is fierce. It is strong. So he's telling us, be strong, my son, in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Anytime you've, I don't know, I don't know who you are or what, you, what you've been in this week or what you've been in this season. I'm just telling you by the spirit of the Lord that you need to be strong in the grace of God. The battles that you go through and the things that, and the trials that has been facing you and the enemy that has been running his mouth right up in your face does not change the fact that you're a son of God. Yeah. And it's changed the fact. You have what you need. All you gotta do get your hands on it. And then it's all and then it's a whole other then it's a whole ball game. Then, then then all of a sudden you have what you need. His grace is sufficient. See, grace, grace is is not the thing that that excuses you to just live in sin and do whatever you want to do. That's not grace. Grace, grace is powerful. Grace is not weak. Grace is, is released in weakness, but grace is not weak. So grace is not the thing that excuses you to live a life of defeat. Grace is not the thing that excuses you to live a life of sin and defeat and get everybody else's sympathy, but yet not hold on to the grace that's in Christ Jesus. What you need around you when you're in a battle, what you need around you when you feel like you're losing it and you feel like you're being defeated. By the way, does anybody ever feel like you're losing it? Yeah. What, what you need around you is someone who's going to come up to you and say, hey, be strong in the grace that's in Christ Jesus. Be strong. We're family. Be strong. Be strong in this grace. So I want to talk to you about that this morning as we, as we look at, at grace and look at what this thing is. Look at another scripture in John chapter 1, verse 14. And it says, you know the scripture, y'all know it. It says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of, full of, somebody say he's full of it. Grace and truth. So Christ Jesus, if we're going to be strong as sons and daughters of God, if we're going to be strong in the grace that's in Christ Jesus, the grace is not in The the, the grace is not in the building, the grace is not in the system, the grace is not in the program, the grace is only in one place, Christ Jesus. But you got to understand Christ Jesus, and I know you guys are spiritual giants and you you already know this, but Christ Jesus, Jesus, Christ is not Jesus' last name. See, Jesus speaks to the earthly side, Christ speaks to the eternal side. Christ is the anointed one who carries with him an anointing. Now, the way I learned that and the way the Lord taught me about it because of my past, because I haven't always been a pastor, and I was a street pharmacist for a few years. Back in the day down in Atlanta, Georgia, where I grew up, ATL in the house. I got a little street in me. I, I I grew up carrying a nine with me everywhere I went. I grew up on a golf course. There was a nine iron, but it was still a nine. It was still a nine, praise the Lord. But the reality is, the reality is that that <laughs> yeah y'all, I'm so happy you're laughing. I'm just I'm just thrilled. Sarah's like, oh my goodness. I'm just so happy. I'm just so so happy you're laughing. But Jesus is full of grace and truth, and so his grace his grace is given to us. And what we need to understand is is the reality of it's given to us in Christ Jesus. So Christ is the eternal side, uh, and Jesus is the is the natural side. And so the Anointed One. Don't let that word freak you out don't let that word freak what's the anointing mean the anointing simply means empowerment let me give you a fleshly or demonic example of the opposite of that word so you understand uh addicted uh, addiction the addicted one and the addiction so i was a uh, matter of fact a guy told me one time a guy told me because uh, i i spent i spent time doing this going the wrong direction and a guy told me one time he said you are an addiction waiting to happen See, my father was a terrible alcoholic and and all kinds of situations and issues about all that. And he looked at my life and he said, you're an addiction waiting to happen. And so, you know, the the power of, of the addiction when you've seen somebody overrun by addiction, that means there's an addicted one living inside of them that produces the power of the addiction. And he said, you're an addiction waiting to happen. And then years later, and he was right. He was right, right. I went full blown into that and the Lord delivered me out of all of it. Because the anointed one is stronger than the addicted one. And the anointing is stronger than the addiction. And so one day the Lord reminded me of that. And you know what he told me? He said, you're an anointing waiting to happen. See, we've got to be strong in the grace that's in Christ Jesus. And I can't yield myself and give my emotions and my thought and my time and my, my, all of my, my, my desires. I can't yield myself and submit myself to the addicted one and the addiction and then not yield myself to the anointed one and the anointing. Matter of fact, if, if you know anybody in your in this town that is 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 full of addiction, you need to, you need to celebrate because those are the future spiritual leaders of the house of God because they know what it's like to yield all of their life to an addicted one. And if they could just understand that they submitted to the wrong one, and if they would yield their life to Christ, the anointed one, what would happen? The Christ in them would dominate and would rule and would reign in their life, and they would, they would go from zero to sixty in the goodness of and holiness of God that would bypass everybody just sitting up in church. So Christ was in Jesus as a blueprint for Christ being in John. Christ being in Donald. God, Jesus is God, but he he humbled himself and came to the earth, not as a God, but came to the earth as a man, totally surrendered and submitted to God. To give all of us a blueprint and an example of what Christ could be like in you. So when it says he's full of grace and truth and Christ is in us because of our faith in Christ. Guess what we should be full of? Grace and truth. Grace and truth. Well let's look at this for a second. Let's look at this. What is truth? I wrote out this little definition. Truth is the invisible realities of the kingdom of God that are seen in Christ Jesus. Now, I don't know about you, but we have people in our neck of the woods back there in Paducah. I don't know how it is here in East Kentucky, but in West Kentucky, there's been a little movement over the last number of years of people trying to come in and, and start saying that, that this movement of the kingdom of God, and this is what they say. They, they re, you got to be careful of people's terminology. You can be saying the very same words that mean totally different things. And there's been a whole movement of people saying, we got to be in the kingdom of God. Repent from the church and come into the kingdom of God. And I just got confused. Look, I told you I didn't spend, you know, I spent tw- two years in the third grade, two years in the 10th grade, and two years in the 12th grade, and spent most of my time in summer school and night school because what I did in class was sleep. That's what I did. And so the reality is, the, the reality is in, in, in my life, I, I just said, I got I to just, it takes me a minute, but I get there. And when they started talking about the the kingdom of God at the expense of the church, like the church is the old wineskin, they would literally say that. And we got to go to the kingdom of God. I thought, wait a minute. I'm thinking, wait, Jesus is the Jesus Christ. Christ Jesus is two things at the very same time. He's head of the church and king of the kingdom. So how can you separate it? Is he bipolar? I don't know. What? what? I don't understand. (laughs) How do you separate that? How do you separate that? And the Lord began to speak to me and give me, say, you need to have discernment. You need to have discernment. You need to have discernment. And this day and time, you need to have discernment. Because because if if you don't recognize it, if you don't have eyes to see and ears to hear, what will end up happening is is deception will creep in. And it will cause you to to not be strong in the grace that's in Christ Jesus. And you'll go after another grace. You go after another, another reality, and you won't stand in the strength of Christ. You know, it's like putting on somebody else's armor. The only armor that works for the people of God is the armor of God. The only grace that works is the grace that's in Christ Jesus. And so people would talk about, you know, kingdom and, and, and church. And I just, he just began to speak to me, and he says things real simple to me, you know. And this is what he said, the keys of the kingdom hang on the belt of the church. The church should be releasing the kingdom, but the church is a family of God. There's no plan B. There's no other. So anyone that comes talking to you about the realities of the kingdom, but they're bashing the church. I just be like, well, praise the Lord. I got to go somewhere else. I got to go somewhere else. Hey, you wouldn't let me come talk talk to you negative about your family like that, would you? You wouldn't let me talk about your mom and pop. Hey, your mom and pop ain't perfect. Your family's not perfect. But you wouldn't let me come into your house and talk to them about that, and talk, and talk in a negative way about that. Should churches, should churches grow and repent? Absolutely. But there's, there's not a, a, a divide between them, because this thing, if you want to be strong in grace, the thing, the thing you have to realize, strong in the grace that's in Christ Jesus, that, that, what, that this, this whole thing about truth, and great grace and truth, and the balance, the perfect balance of grace and truth, grace always empowers for truth. And truth is always connected to grace. Anytime, anytime you get to two extremes and you're way over here on truth, but you're not talking about grace, then you're, you're going off in a ditch. And anytime you go over here and start talking about grace, that excuses you to live in sin or excuses you to do you know, dumb stuff, then, then you're going to go off in a ditch. So the perfect balance is seen in the head of the church and the king of the kingdom. In his life, he's full of grace and truth. So if you're going to be strong in grace, you're going to be strong in truth. And the biggest thing you need, the most important thing you need when you're being defeated and you feel like you're losing it and you feel like you don't have what you need and you feel like you're getting left out and left behind and you feel like you're just falling and falling and falling. The greatest thing you need is truth because your circumstances will lie to you. Your emotions will lie to you. But your heavenly father who loves you will never lie to you. That's what I love about Rick Clendenin. He can correct me and and call me and tell me whatever he needs to tell me because I know he loves me enough to speak the truth. And so to be strong in grace, you've got to be strong in truth. And truth is the realities of Christ. The realities of Christ that are seen in Jesus. All the kingdom realities that are more real than this pulpit and the, the chair you're sitting in. The kingdom realities of Christ that are real. What you need in that moment when you feel like you're losing your battle, you need, the re, you need a, a refocus on the reality of God to remember who you are. Listen to me, y'all. Where you are is not who you are. But when you, find, when you remember who you are, you can change where you are. And that's what you need to have in this, in this time. You need to understand these are the realities of Christ that are my realities. If he's full of grace and he's full of truth, I'm full of grace. I'm full of truth. But I don't feel it. I don't feel like I got none. I can't, is it on my back? I can't feel it. Where is it? I can't find it. Where's the grace and where's the truth? Don't ever believe the lie that you don't have it. Because if you believe you don't have it, when he already said he gave it to you, you'll fall into the same trap that Adam fell into in the garden. The the whisperer came, the serpent came, started having questions, make them have questions about God. You can have questions about God, but don't question God. And he said, did God really say? Did God really say? And that question came in, and here's what the enemy did. The enemy didn't come up and say, hey, y'all want to get high? Hey, y'all want to feel something good? The enemy didn't come up appealing to the desire to be sinful. The enemy came up to them and deceived them based on their desire to be godly. He said, and this is what he said. He came and said, he said, no, 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 this whole thing. God knows in the day you eat, you will be like him. See, the problem is they forgot they were already made in his image and likeness. The enemy will advance in your life if you forget who you are. Because then he'll make you work for what God already gave you for free. So if you're going to be strong in his grace and you feel like, I ain't got nothing, I'm about to freak out, baby, hold my hand, I'm about to freak out, freak out, baby, I need help. It's happening. What's that old show? Um, y'all ain't never going to have me back. What's that old show? The the guy who did the junkyard, Sanford and Son. Y'all ever watch Sanford and Son? Uh, and what's the name of his wife he call out when he's having those things? Elizabeth. 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 <laughs> yeah. Y'all have had those days. Elizabeth. Oh, just, you know, over nothing. You know, sometimes that's how the body of Christ is. Somebody says one a, a bad Facebook post. Elizabeth. Oh, Lord Jesus. Think we're, you know, losing it. And and, and so what you need at that time is someone to remind you of what you already have in Christ because the danger would be this and the deception would be this. You start praying for God to give you something he's already given you. Tell your neighbor, say, you have what you need. So look at this next slide. It says, your perspective, your perspective is your truth. Your perspective is your truth. But his perspective is truth. Your perspective is your truth, but his perspective is truth. So, so let, me, let, me just, let me just go through a couple of things because I want to show you something. What is grace? What is grace? Three simple things. Three simple things. If you don't get anything else out of today, get these three things. What is grace? Grace is his acceptance. His acceptance. And there's all kinds of scriptures. You could go to that. Matter of fact, Ephesians 1, 6, you can write, write that down. It talks about we are accepted in the beloved. We are accepted. We don't have to earn nothing. We don't have to prove nothing. We don't have to perform. We are accepted. So what is grace? Grace is his acceptance given to you as a gift. You did nothing to earn it. You can do nothing to lose it. His acceptance. The second thing is his ability. You know, God's given you an ability. He's given you an ability. It's Christ's ability in you. You know, years ago, uh, I don't know if y'all know. I, uh, you're, I don't know. Probably, you guys probably aren't. Probably not UK fans, are you? Probably not. Years ago, back in the day, I grew up in a place called Peace Tree City. Y'all might remember a guy who played for UK named Jeff Shepard. Well, I grew up with Jeff Shepard. Uh, played basketball with Jeff Shepard. Dunked on Jeff Shepard. I don't care what he tells you. In Jesus' name, he got dunked on. <laughs> that was like my second year in tenth grade. <laughs> so that's why I didn't go to UK to play basketball, by the way, Uh, so anyways, uh, the reality is, we we used to, and he he would see me drunk, and I'd go play ball high, and all that kind of stuff, and and years later, you know, um, he he thought I was probably dead, or in jail, whatever, and I'm watching him play ball, and all that kind of stuff, and years later, we connect, we've had him to the church a few times, and and speak, and all that, but imagine Jeff Shepard, I mean, that dude could jump, like, I mean, I don't even know, like, I think somehow there was kangaroo DNA put inside of him. That dude could jump like I ain't never seen before. You know, I could listen, this is the truth. In Jesus' name, I could take one step in 10th grade, and this is my second year in 10th grade, I could take one step and I could drop step and dunk a basketball. I couldn't even come close to what he could jump to. I'm telling you, he's half kangaroo. And, and so imagine, imagine Jeff coming to Donald. Imagine Jeff coming up to Donald and saying, I'm going to lay hands on you, and I'm going to give you my ability. Looks like Donald, jumps like Jeff. <laughs> I'm just saying, it's Jeff, it's, it's Jeff, look, it's Jeff in Donald. Donald shows up to the court, y'all want to play some ball? Come on, Clay, I'll take you. Come here, Forrest, come here, Forrest. And he's laughing, Forrest's about to get dunked on. Come here, four. Looks like Donald. Jumps like Jeff. That's the reality of an ability. You have an ability from God. And when you feel like you have nothing and you feel like gravity is going to keep you on the ground and you're never going to touch the rim. And you're looking at a guy thinking, my shot is about to get blocked. You need to remember the ability God gave you. His ability is your ability. The last thing that you got that you need to understand and you need to remember is his assignment. His assignment. If you know his assignment for your life, you'll never fall prey to man's agenda. If you know your assignment, you'll never fall prey to man's agenda. And so here's, here's three things, guys, three things that you can do of how you can be strong in grace. And the first one is this, real simple, accept his acceptance. You got to accept it. By faith, you have to accept his acceptance. You got to accept it. When you feel rejected, when you feel like everything's losing it, when, if you want grace to be strong in truth, then, then accept his acceptance. When you are feeling rejected by Pookie and him and everybody else, you need to accept his acceptance, and in the innermost part of your being, I am accepted by His grace. And never make a decision out of a place of rejection. That'll lead you to defeat. Always make a decision out of the place of his acceptance. Accept his acceptance. And the next one, the next one is, uh, is apply his ability. Apply that ability. The ability he's given you, when you read the Bible, when I read the Bible and I get a a great revelation about the ability or the anointing of Christ, I now have a revelation and an understanding of the ability and anointing of Christ in me. If it's true of Christ, it's true of me. Don't feel that way. Don't feel like I can jump. You You just need to keep saying, Lord, I thank you for the grace that you've given me. I thank you for the ability that you have given me. And I now step out in faith to apply not my strength, but in my weakness, I apply your ability. And the last one is just act on his assignment. See, that's why you got to know your assignment. We have so many people that will come and, and try to get me to come off my assignment in order to, feel, in order to walk in their agenda. So many people. Wanna, are, are coming and they and they'll do it to you at work they'll do it with your family they'll do it and if you and if you if you are operating from a place of defeat where you do not feel accepted in Christ but rejected you will fall prey to a false assignment, which is man's agenda. But if you are accepted in the Beloved and you have accepted His acceptance and you are applying His ability, then chances are you will not be deceived into a false agenda. Because you know your assignment. You know your assignment. And there's a lot more I wanted to share with you, but let me just tell you this. That your faith gives you access to his grace. Your faith gives you access to his grace. Not your works. Your faith gives you access to his grace. Your faith gives you access to his acceptance. Your faith gives you access to his ability. Your faith gives you access to his assignment. And every one of you who name the name of Christ in this room, who you have received Christ as your Savior, you have the anointed one within you. And if you would submit to the anointing, like I submitted to the addiction, your life would be totally transformed. I want to illustrate something for you. We're going to have a little fun with this. Let me get Forrest and Clay up on stage here just for a second. Is that okay if we have some fun? Yeah, Yeah. come on up here. (laughs) Yeah, you still trying to dunk on somebody? (laughs) Uh, So here's what I want to do. uh, Forrest, I want you to put this thing on. Hope this don't fall over. Go ahead and put it if it'll fit. (laughs) Go ahead, put that on. I'm just saying. I'm not saying you're big. I'm just saying you're big in Jesus. That's all I'm saying. Amen. Okay, so you stand on this side. You come over on this side. <laughs> that looks good. That looks good. <laughs> you stand over here. Hey, we're laughing with you. Amen. We're laughing with you. Not at you. Here's what I love about these two. They are servants. They serve. They're willing to do this. I love it. They can laugh at themselves. They can whatever. Each of them have a grace and an anointing from God to serve, and they're faithful. And it's going to be the joy. Sarah and I have talked about this. It's going to be the joy of not just the connection that we now have with Donald and the family, of watching the leadership, the anointing, the, the, the apostolic call on his life around the nations. I'm telling you, there's big things happening for Manchester. Big things. And, and these two are part of it. It's going to be the joy of our life watching it unfold. Uh, but for the next 10 minutes, you're mine, okay? We got it? <laughs> so here's what happens. This is the cross, right? This is the cross. Uh, this is, Clay, we're going to promote you. We're going to let you be Christ, okay. okay? So who is this? Christ, okay? And this is just going to be four. So who is this? Now, what I want you to recognize is, is there's Christ and then the mantle of Christ. So you might want to just take your... Uh, well, I'll do that in a second. So just know, know this, that this is Christ... And this is the mantle of Christ. This is, this is the, the the robe speaking to the identity of Christ. So this is Christ and this is Christ, right? Okay, so this is Forrest and this is Forrest. Represents his identity, all the places he's been, all the, the, his family, his hobbies, his everything. So, so here's Forrest and here's the identity of Forrest uh, and, and, and talking about all the different, I don't want to check the pockets because I don't know what's in there but all the different things that forest is connected to so each each mantle each mantle uh, which represents the person represents what the person has access to Represents the, the relationships of the person, the authority of the person, the anointing of the person, the access and the ability of the per- person. And so what I want you to focus on is, is the, this is Christ and this is Christ. So this is the, this is the, um, the, the three things that we talked about. This is the uh, acceptance of Christ. This is the ability of Christ and the assignment of Christ that is on Christ. And so this is the, the uh, acceptance Of This is the ability of forest. And this is the assignment of forest. And I want you to see what happens at the cross. The beauty of what we can have when we understand what Christ came to do for us. And how we can be strong in grace. So this pulpit is going to be the cross. And what I want you to see is Christ came to the cross and took off his grace. Took off a part of his Christ. He didn't lose who he was. He's still Christ. But he took off his mantle and laid it on the cross. He took it off and laid it on the cross. So that means the grace of God, the truth of God, the identity of of Christ. He didn't lose who he was. He's still Christ, but he gave who he was. And in giving who he was, he laid down his grace. He laid down his acceptance. He laid down his ability. He laid down his assignment. And you can get some if you want some. And so then one day Forrest comes to Manchester to the city of hope and all the past that he has and all of, of, of his false acceptance and his, his, you know, even his rejection and all the stuff he's lived with, he heard of what Christ did. So he comes to the cross and takes off his, his robe, takes off his robe and lays it on the cross. Now to stay right here. So tell me who this is. 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 Y'all are good. Took Paducah like three times to get this. (laughs) Y'all are good. And so what happens is this. What happens is is you now can take upon. And you now take upon. It's all fun and games. So you put on (laughs) force. So do me a favor. You go stand down. You stand down there. You stay up here. So here's what I want you to do. For the rest of this analogy, the cross that hangs between heaven and earth, the stage, the stage is, is heaven, and the earth is down there on the floor. And I want you to see the exchange that happened. I want you to see why you have every, why you should have every confidence to know that his grace will cause you to win. No matter where you go, no matter who you're with, no matter what you do, you have what you need, and his name is Christ. Here's the reality. That the acceptance of Christ, the ability of Christ, and the assignment of Christ has been given by the grace of Christ to Forrest for free. And so now Forrest, living in his destiny, looking towards the very throne of God, looking to the very throne of God, it's it's Christ, it's Forrest in Christ. Two greatest realities you will ever know in your Christian walk is who you are in Christ and who Christ is in you. And in your relationship towards heaven, no matter what you ever face on the earth, in your relationship towards the very throne of God, you are accepted as if you're Christ. Looks like who? Christ. Who is it really? Is the acceptance in heaven based on Forrest? The acceptance of heaven is based on Christ. That means there's never a day once Forrest takes upon Christ, no matter how stupid Forrest gets, <laughs> or what he does, there's never a day that he is without the acceptance, the ability, and the assignment of Christ. Access to the Father is never denied because forest is in Christ. My son, be strong in the grace that's in Christ Jesus. Anytime the enemy or your circumstances make you feel like you ain't got nothing to sing about, you ain't got nothing to worship God for, you have nothing to be thankful for, you need to squash that and you need to lift your hands and bless him because your access is never denied based on your circumstances because you've been given Christ. And then I love this. Woo, I love this. I'm going to lean on you. Here we go. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> you in Christ. Christ in the rest of your earthly life, every family reunion, every nation you know people in, all the relationships and friends of people you people you work with, people that you know, people that your life, your life gives access to Christ. See, everybody thinks it's forest. <laughs> Who is it really? You know what happens with most Christians and how we get weak in grace? You know what happens with most Christians? We have enough faith to get saved. We have enough faith to get saved, but we don't know how to walk as family. We don't know how to, my son, be strong in the grace that's in Christ Jesus. And we start getting selfish. Start getting selfish, and we we start doing certain things, and what ends up happening is this. Imagine, imagine, Forrest limiting Christ and Forrest saying, nah, I don't want you. I don't want, I don't want you to go ruin my family reunion. I don't want you. I, I want to I take off some of these labels. I want to take off some of these people. Take off some of these nations. Because Christ, I don't know if I feel comfortable with you using my life to reach those people. Now, stay with me. How crazy would it be? How crazy would it be if Forrest, who in the earth, believed in Christ? And do you have a, a, a person in your family who, knows, who loved the Lord and knows the Lord and, and has, has already passed away in Christ? What, tell me their name. Tammy. Tammy. So what, when you walk in faith in Christ and in the family of God, then you trust Christ that not only you'll see Christ in heaven and be in heaven, but that you'll see anybody in your family who was dear to Forrest that you'll see them in heaven again. So imagine you're in heaven and you come up to Christ and, and, and you say, hey, Christ, man, I love you. Thank you so much. All this kind of stuff. Uh, where's Tammy? And what if he said to you, nah, not today, man. I don't think so. I don't think I'm gonna let you see her today. I don't think I'm gonna let you, you talk to her and stuff. You'd be like, hold up. You'd be like, hold up. Wait, I thought this was part of the deal. I thought that me surrendering my life to you, I thought this relationship here, I thought this was part of the deal. I thought this came with it, that, that you love me so those whom I love, that your, your life, Christ, would give me access to those I love in heaven. And if he said, no, you ain't going to see her, it'd be a little bit wrong, wouldn't it? Why do we? Why do we? When from Christ's perspective, it's part of the deal everyone he loves that your life has access to you may not like him he loves him and imagine us living in such a way of no christ i'm not gonna let you use i'm not gonna let you use my life to go reach the people that you love in the earth he would be like hold up it's part of the deal part of the deal I'm giving you access to everyone you felt like you lost and the enemy made you feel like you lost. I'm giving you access to everyone in in, in me uh, for eternity, to the people that you love. I'm giving you access to everyone you love in heaven. How dare you limit my access to the ones I love in the earth because of your preference, because you don't like them. What would happen if we would be so strong in the grace of God that we would embrace the full access that Christ gives us in the heavenlies and give Him full access to every realm of earth we have access to? So, Christ, come up to the family reunion and wreck this place. Use my life, Christ. How can you be strong in the grace of God? How can you be strong in the grace of God? Know who you are in Christ and know who Christ is in you. You guys, give me a round of applause. You guys can go be seated. If the worship team or, and, and any, any prayer ministers, I, I just want to pray something specific. Uh, if you would, if you'd come back up. And I believe with all my heart, and why the Lord really spoke this to me to, to remind you today is because the city of hope, The city of hope needs to be strong in grace. And I don't know what lie the enemy's been telling you. I don't know what circumstances. I don't know what Kool-Aid you've been drinking, what circumstances have been saying to you. And you think that since the time God spoke to you or he gave you that promise or he gave you that word or you came in here and you felt like your life was changing and there was transformation and your life was going in a different direction and you were believing God again, you had hope again, you were strong again. I don't know what came to knock the wind out of you. I don't know what lie the enemy sent to try to take you out. I don't know what he sent to try to discourage you or distract you but I came to tell you this morning that Christ is in you and you need to be strong in the grace of God because even though it feels like everything has changed nothing has changed the assignment on your life is still the same the assignment on this church is still the same That this church will be a church of hope a city of hope that will give Christ access through every single life in this room to say, Lord, reach our city. It's not me performing and doing all the work, reaching it for Jesus, but it's Christ being, Christ reaching the city through me. Matter of fact, it's impossible for any one of us in this room to live the Christian life. It's impossible. There's only one person who can live the Christian life, and that's Christ. And he'll live it through you if you let him. And that's what it means to be strong in the grace of Christ. And maybe you're here this morning and you've come to church. You've been to church for, you know, uh, you've come to church off and on, but you've never, you've never bowed your knee to Christ. You've never given your life to Christ. And you've gone to church and you've tried to stop drinking. you tried to stop cussing. you tried to stop smoking. you tried to stop doing whatever it is that you've been doing. And, and you've you did all that for Christ. You've done all that saying, look, I'm changing myself. I'm becoming a better person. I'm, I'm whatever. Hey, all that, all that is a waste. Christ loves you so much that he came to the cross and gave his life. And if you'll recognize the exchange and you'll come lay down your performance, lay down every, lay down your successes and lay down your failures, then yield your life to Christ. And just in case there's somebody here and I just, I, that you, you've been struggling with addictions. And to you, it's a word from God that if you would submit your life to Christ the way you submitted your life to the addiction, everything would change. And so if you're here and you need to give your life to Christ for the very first time, or you need to give your life back to Christ for the 134th time, you got to respond to the Word of God. you got to respond to the Word of God. Don't you dare let the enemy talk you out of a moment of obedience, and don't you dare let your flesh keep you in your comfort when God's inviting you to transformation. When God's in- inviting you for everything to change in your life. Look, I don't know who you, I don't. I, I met you a few minutes ago, but I can just sense it. It's leaping off the page at me. And I'm, since I'm never coming back here, I'm just going to do it. There's a leadership gift in your life. There's a leadership gift in your life. But you've looked down upon yourself. You don't think yourself a spiritual. You don't think yourself... You feel strong when you're working with things and doing things. You feel so strong in certain areas. But you come into the house of God and you feel a weakness. And you compare yourself to other people. But I'm telling you, the Lord's put a grace in you. He's put a strength in you to lead. That you notice people. And that you love well. And that you're a protector. And you notice... You notice things that people... You notice things that people miss... You notice it. And the Lord wants you to know this morning that He notices you. That He sees you. And He knows you. And in His grace, in His grace, He'll make you strong. Hey, do you do you trust me, man? Hey, why don't you stand up and come out here? Let me get a couple men in the church. Who love him and just come stand with him and just start, just start stirring up the grace. Just start stirring up the grace. And you just receive it, my man. You receive it. I'm just gonna walk around to see if there's anybody else. Because many times this happens with me. Hold on, my man. Hey, here. Hey, let me talk to you for a minute. You're a warrior. You're a warrior. You're a fighter. The Lord wants to give you weapons of warfare. You fought in the flesh and you fought with all the things that the enemy has given you. And you used to love. If if I'm halfway right about it, you would actually, you you would jump into a fight at any time. You would defend and you would protect and you ain't scared. But you don't have the right weaponry. He's called you to be a soldier. He's called you to be someone that battles in the weapons of grace. Because you're called to tear down strongholds. You're called to drive back demons. You're called to drive back the enemy. And he wants to give you a whole new armor, man. He wants to strengthen you and use you. He wants to pull you out of that darkness and fighting for darkness to actually being empowered by grace and fight against the darkness of trying to defeat your friends. Because you can't stand to lose. You can't stand to be defeated. He's called you to be victorious. He's called you to be strong. Let me get some men who love this man to come around him and pray for him. Listen, if you need prayer, if you need prayer, if you need to let something go at the altar, just come up to this altar right now. Let them keep praying. If you need to give your life to Christ or give your life back to Christ, come and kneel at the altar and just let it go. If you've been, if you've been weak in grace, come and just say, Lord, give me strength. Come, let go of whatever you need to let go of and just remember that, Lord, you've given me grace. If you need that kind of prayer, do you need to make that kind of step? Just step out up here and just come meet with Jesus. Come meet with Jesus right now. Come with you.